Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. And I'm so happy you've been here for 100 episodes. I'm holding up 10 fingers and I could flash them in front of you 10 times because we have made it to episode 100. I was asking my family about what I should talk about for my 100th episode, for our 100th episode. And the only thing that they came up with was that I should dress as an old man because I have two little boys and on the 100th day of school, in some grade, I think it's first grade in our school, you dress as an old person. And so um, for Jack one year, I have to see if I can find this picture. And if I do, I'll put it on social media this week. Um, he, I got him like these old man glasses and then I put eyebrows on the top of the glasses and he was an old man. It was adorable. I think he wore them for like 45 seconds at school, but I got a good picture and he was pretty darn cute. So I'm not dressed as an old man. I did blow dry my hair. I'm not in my car. So I, I, you know, was able to put a little bit more effort than what we've been seeing recently into, into our hundredth episode. But really today is about our community and what I've learned in our community, lessons that I've learned in having Ashley Barlow Company for these 100 weeks officially, um, and really kind of what you can take from the lessons that I've learned um, by operating Ashley Barlow Company and by having the podcast Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. So this is kind of more conceptual um, and, and more of a pep talk, if you will. So Ashley Barlow Company was conceived during um, the viewing of Frozen 2. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I was watching Frozen 2 with Jack and I think, well, until I saw Super Pets last week, I think that might be the worst movie that has ever been created. Now, Super Pets is by and large, significantly worse than Frozen 2 because Frozen 2 at least has decent music, but I don't understand Frozen 2. It, it feels like you have to be on drugs to actually appreciate <laughs> Frozen 2. So I was watching it for the one millionth time with Jack, um, who seems to understand it. And I wrote my friend and said, hey, should I do a vlog, V-L-O-G, or should I do a podcast to promote my law practice? I was just thinking, you know, it's pandemic time, and I had been doing some Facebook videos um, on my law firm website or Facebook page. Don't go look at them because they're terrible. Like I did them in the dark and I didn't even know about a ring light. Um, and I used a dry erase board to like write things about LRE or about COVID learning and that kind of stuff at the beginning of COVID. And so I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could like turn this into something that would drive business to my law firm. And she said, I don't know, let me ask my friend Rachel. And so she like put me on a text thread with Rachel, who is, as you've probably heard me say, my marketing and tech guru. 
I asked her one time if she wanted like a different title, but we landed at marketing and tech guru. I think we did. Rachel, should we call you something else? So Rachel was like, you know, what do you do? Let me check out your website, whatever. And by the time, you know, I texted her at the beginning of Frozen until the ending credits, Ashley Barlow Company was conceived because A, Rachel is just that good and B, her ideas for this kind of like lifestyle brand where we also, where we are providing supports to not only parents, but also attorneys and advocates and teachers and school staff in the special education sector was like this big aha. Yes, that is what I do in my law practice. And that is what I want to help people be able to do without attorney and advocate support or to help advocates create communities like this. And so Literally during the showing of Frozen, I had conceptualized Ashley Barlow Company. I had thought about video training courses. I had put together a focus group that met the next day. Um, and I had everything except for a bid from Rachel to get the website started. <laughs> and so that is going to lead to one of the lessons that I've learned that we're going to talk about at the end of this episode. Um, so, you know, and what that kind of taught me was maybe we can do this, you know, maybe we can reach more people and maybe this special education community can really come together and we can actually make some effective change. Um, now, prior to this, I had really dreamed about doing advocacy training. In fact, um, I have a Facebook post that comes up in my memories every year that is me sitting at my desk in a William & Mary sweatshirt, and it says, change, like, change is coming, or, or, you know, I'm working on a big project and I'm excited to share it with you soon. I had an advocacy training that, like, is outlined. It is not the ABC um, course. It is far from the ABC course because it's really um, stagnant and um, dry and outlined and boring. Um, and, but it's done. I did it. And then I was like, I, I literally, I did a Facebook post one time and said, you know, does anybody want to come to like the beginning of an advocacy training? And I got like three people. <laughs> so I was like, never mind, not going to do it. Um, and so I had dreamed of doing an advocacy training, but when I met with my focus group, we met for like two hours on literally my first day of exploring this. Um, that is not what my friends in the disability community thought we needed the most. What they really thought we needed was parent, teacher, and staff trainings. And we thought that we could do this in one thing, and that's how the lab was born. So in talking to my friends and in talking to other parents in the disability community, I had teachers, I had a principal, I had um, some people that work for disability organizations and we all just met on Zoom. This is in um, like the, the about two years ago, like the summer of 2020, um, kind of like midsummer. We 
what we talked about was, you know, the way that I advocate and the way that I work in schools is that we're all in one team. And so the messages that I give to parents are the messages that I hope are also being conveyed and really kind of internalized by school staff, teachers and related service professionals and counselors and administrators. And so, um, you know, why not make available to parents the same training that I hope that teachers and, and, and school staff are getting? Um, and so we were like, you know, we could do a video training that kind of like gives the parts of the IEP and gives advocacy strategies along the way as to um, how to write a, a well-written goal, but then actually how to like talk about it in the IEP and how to get goals and how to maybe delete goals and how goals impact um, the least restrictive environment and kind of all of these different pieces and components. And, you know, maybe teachers don't need that because teachers have had course upon course of that. But do general education teachers need that training and do aides or IAs or instructional assistants, whatever you call them in your state or your district, could they benefit from that? Could the librarian benefit from that? Um, and so maybe we just get everybody speaking the same language. And so that's how the lab was born. That was kind of the first product that we conceived was the special education and advocacy lab that goes kind of start to finish in the IEP process. What if we started at el eligibility and we worked our way all the way through what due process would look like, all the way through the IEP and then how we get what we want or what we deserve or what the child needs into the IEP. And so we made the lab. So we started Ashley Barlow Company and we made some products um, and we you know, kind of got a community and then we made the special education and advocacy lab. Now, before we did that, we started the podcast, Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. Uh, the first picture for the podcast was me in my living room and I literally had a decent hair day. So I went upstairs, I put on a pink cardigan and some cute earrings and I leaned forward so that I cut out most of my body and I took a picture in selfie mode with my iPhone and I sent it to Rachel and said, is this good enough for the podcast? Is this what you were thinking? And she was like, yeah, it's good for now, but you're going to need a photo shoot. And I was like, well, I haven't left my house. Um, my husband cuts my hair. My hair is dyed with a, um, with a box, like from fresh time so that it's not very many chemicals. That's like my local health food store. <laughs> and my hair's like the color of a crayon yellow. Is that okay? And she's like, well, it's going to have to be. So I went to my neighbor who did my makeup. I drove to Columbus, which was like two hours, and I got some pictures taken, which was hilarious because I literally had not left my house. My car got towed. It was this whole ordeal. Um, I forgot my jeans. I, I went up there in basically like pajama pants, yoga, yoga pants, um, and I had to stop at a store and get jeans on the way. Um, so that photo shoot was hilarious, but we did it and I saw all kinds of people out in public and I, and I survived. Um, and so that's how it started. 
and the podcast became such a joy. I have to say, talking to you on a weekly basis has been such a joy. First of all, if you can't tell, I love to talk, and I really love to talk about special education. I always start my podcast with notes. I'm holding up some post-it notes. There's three kind of bigger post-it notes for today's episode. I always start with notes, Um, and sometimes they're really, really, really outlined and specific if we're talking technicalities. Um, And when I have guests, they get talking points, you know, I send like questions and if they want to ask any questions of me about the questions or revamp the talking points, then we do, of course. So we always kind of start with an outline. But I feel so passionately about the stuff that we talk about. I oftentimes go off script or I, you know, add more or we go in a different direction because I get excited. This is what I do all day long and I get excited about it. And it's such a joy to be able to share this with a broader audience. I just looked at our stats and we had 40, almost 42,000 downloads, which I think is quite an accomplishment in just 100 episodes. I know we're going to get to 50 soon. Um, And, you know, during the school year, we get about 2000 a month which is just incredible. And it is such a joy to be able to share my knowledge and our community um, and to be a part of your community as well. The other thing I love about the podcast is the guests. You know, who says that they talk, who has the honor of saying that they got to share a product with their community that included Pete Wright? You know, I mean, that is just incredible. And so many of my friends in special education, so many of my friends that are advocates, my friends that are attorneys, my friends that are behaviorists, and then the people that that has led me to. Right, of course, I started with my friends. My first guest was one of my best friends, Sarah Plattenberg, who is an advocate in Virginia. And since then, I've interviewed people that Sarah has recommended and that Sarah's colleagues have recommended. I've interviewed Sarah's colleagues. Um, I've interviewed behaviorists and then said to them, who else should I talk to? Teachers that I've met on Instagram, that I've met on Facebook, that um, clients have said, you know, I've got a friend that's in West Virginia and you should talk to this person. And so, you know, kind of me building my community and learning how other people advocate and learning how um, issues arise in other areas of the country, that's been such a a great reward for me. I love people. I love um, to hear how special education works in other parts of the country. And so the podcast has given me kind of that outlet or that ability to be able to um, connect with you guys on kind of a broader level. So I really enjoyed that. Um, And that's helped me grow my network. I mean, some of the people that I have had on the podcast have become expert witnesses that I've used in cases or that I've relied on for help for clients. I've sent them referrals, they've sent me referrals. And so on a professional level, I also have enjoyed the podcast quite a bit. And I know that you're doing that too. I get emails saying, can you connect me to this behaviorist or can you connect me to this social worker or to this mental health professional or this person that was on your podcast? I'd like to um, use them for my child's support or for my support. Um, And so I know that it's working. I know that it's working for me and I know that it's working for you. And that's why the podcast is such a joy. It's such a joy for me because my community is growing and I know that your communities are growing too and that it's a helpful resource for you. Um, so that's the kind of the next product that we had was the podcast. 
And what's cool is, you know, when we had the podcast and we had the lab, we were doing great. You know, we were growing and you were listening and I was getting to interact with you and all of that stuff was happening. And the lab was selling. I had a lot of organizations that were buying the lab um, and they were using it for programming. So um, the Down Syndrome Association of Central Kentucky, one of my favorite Down Syndrome organizations in the country, you know, I, I my friend Tracy is the executive director down there and Tracy uses the lab. Um, she does it as a program. It's a 10 week program. It might be 12 actually. And what they do is they meet on a monthly basis and they show the lab on Zoom. So everybody's at home and they log in and they watch the lab. And then Tracy supplements the lab with Kentucky specific documentation. So here is the sample form from the Kentucky Department of Ed for due process. And here is another sample of a due process complaint that one of our parents submitted. Um, and I don't know if she actually includes that, but like she, she includes Kentucky specific things for each different um, episode, each different module of the lab. And then they have communication and, and you know, kind of like community around each episode. So Tracy shows the lab, she gives them my products, but then she supplements with um, products that are specific to Kentucky and to Central Kentucky. And that has worked really beautifully for her. There are other organizations that simply give people their own licenses to the lab if they are in kind of crisis. You know, the lab has this inclusion workshop or this behavior workshop and it might be helpful to you. So here's your, your code to access the lab and then parents can access it, but it still is available to, you know, kind of the constituents or the members or the, the benefactors of certain disability organizations, which has been wonderful. And parents were also buying the lab. So organizations were buying multiple licenses and parents and even some teachers were buying the lab and saying, you know, I just feel like I'm just getting started or we're in this, you know, kind of dip a valley in our advocacy. And I really feel like I need this resource. But you know what we learned in having the lab, remember, I wanted to do advocate training in the very beginning of life. <laughs> and my focus group said, oh, we think we need to really empower parents and people in the schools. Well, what happened was I had people saying, you're really good at advocacy. You're really good at getting this stuff. And there's plenty of advocacy tips in the lab, but we wanna be trained as advocates. Like, what if I wanna take this to the next level? What if I want to do this professionally? I wanna be an advocate. And I was like, praise be to Jesus, that's what I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to help people become advocates, become better special education advocates. And I felt like I had um, the skills and tools to teach that because I run a law firm and so I know about business setup. I know, you know, about getting your insurance squared away and making sure you have a bookkeeper and accountant and so I know the business side of it. I know the advocacy strategies and the advocacy tips which are so important and, and so so huge and, and undervalued. Um, when you go to other trainings. So you go to other trainings and they talk about, you know, those concepts of special education, like um, discipline. You know, what are the specific rules around discipline? What are, what are the federal laws around discipline or around um, supporting children behaviorally or, or about what should be in a goal or about progress monitoring? What are the specific rules? Well, sure, yeah, read that. 
but how do we get it? How do we get those supports and how do we negotiate with the district or how do we, um, what angle do we take when we're quote unquote fighting for something or advocating for something? There aren't a whole lot of trainings that really kind of focus on that. And so people were saying, I hear that you want to focus on that. Can you help me to get that? And I was like, yes. And so that's where our second video training course came up, ABC. So it's advocacy, business, and concepts in special education. And so, you know, we really kind of focus in on training the advocates, training the attorneys and the advocates that want to do this as a job or that are doing it as a job and want to kind of, you know, improve their advocacy strategy or really kind of dive into the business support that's in there. And while the lab has done particularly well, the ABC course just kind of blew the roof off. That was like, aha, this is where we are and this is where, um, you know, our future might be. And so at that point, that's why we made the lab evergreen. You can download the lab now, um, but we aren't going to run the lab as a launch, you know, two or three times a year anymore. It's there and you can buy it whenever you need it, which is kind of what I always wanted to do anyway. If you're in crisis, you need to be able to access um, the lab at any time so that you can get the background information and you can hit the ground running. And ABC became the course that we only open two or three times per year for enrollment. And we have this great community and we have the book club and we have, you know, the Facebook discussions and whatnot so that um, we can support one another in our journeys as advocates. And so we got ABC going and we got new advocates. We got established advocates. We got teachers that are leaving the classroom or that want to leave the classroom. We got parents that said, I just want to do this. I want to do it better. And maybe I want to be able to help my friends. And it was like, aha, this is what we're doing. This is now our community here at Ashley Barlow Company. And what that did was that kind of like that journey of figuring out what our path is, this two year journey, what it has done is it has taught me several important lessons, <laughs> several, several important lessons. So I have a list here of five important lessons. And like I said, pep talky, very, very general, but it's in the context of kind of this journey of where we've been and where we're going here at Ashley Barlow Company. So the first lesson, which I referenced a moment ago, is go for it, see what happens. <laughs> so I built this business, I invested in this business, I invested in Rachel mainly, and it totally paid off. And I did it on a whim. I literally committed to it during the viewing of Frozen 2. And I had this passion, I had this gut feeling, I, I had plenty of experience in the industry and it worked. And I'm so happy that I took the risk. And you know, so many times when we are thinking about things for our children, we overanalyze. There's this meme that I love that's on social media that says, um, I feel like my family undervalues how much I think about them at 2 a.m. <laughs> And it's like, that was written about me. You know, I'll say, well, I was thinking about blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. you never stop thinking about blah, blah, blah. So that's what we do. We sometimes get hyper 
um, focused on one particular issue, but are we doing it with an outcome in mind? Are we doing it with an end goal? Are we looking at it methodically or are we just ruminating and thinking and thinking and thinking like that ticker on Times Square? And so I knew that Ashley Barlow Company had a future. I knew that it had a place in this greater advocacy um, market, this, this community. Um, and so at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, let's see what happens. Let's go for it and see what happens. And it worked. And that is so applicable to so many different avenues of our journey as parents and teachers that support children in special education. So whether it's a program or it's a curriculum or it's a particular ask or um, it's something, you know, maybe you want to start a unified sport at your school and you're like, gosh, do I want to ask for that money? Do I want to ask for that support? Will the gen ed kids come and be the unified partners? Go for it. See what happens. The worst that can happen is it can fail. <laughs> and that's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. And you'll never know if you don't try. So lesson one, go for it, see what happens. Lesson number two is creativity yields happiness. So I have a very objective, pragmatic job. You know, I have to look at everything under the framework of the law as an attorney and plug people's facts, people's lives into the framework of the law. And if you don't look at it objectively, you aren't going to do a good job. And I'm a creative person. I like creative writing. I like creative projects. I, you know, go through phases where I'm baking bread a lot because I need that creative outlet or I sew and I craft and I have had a cricket, which I almost threw out the window. And, you know, I went through a scrapbooking phase and all those kind of creative things. Well, when you're an attorney, you don't have the opportunity to be super creative. And when you're a mom of a school-aged child, you don't have the time to be super creative. And you don't really have like the access to be creativity sometimes. And what Ashley Barlow Company has allowed me to do is it's allowed me to be creative. You know, I get to write, I write the content. So I get to like connect, I get to think about people like kind of at that visceral, just human connection level. And I get to do the marketing stuff. You know, Rachel makes everything beautiful, but I get to do a little bit of that. And I get this kind of like creative outlet, which has made me far happier. So Ashley Barlow Company was conceived during a pandemic and I was working full-time as an attorney and I was working full-time as Jack's teacher, OT, behaviorist, special ed teacher, gen ed teacher, <laughs> keep going, fourth grade uh, boy, friend, you know, all of those things. So I was really overwhelmed and having this creative outlet really did make me happy. So how can you kind of do that in your advocacy world? Well, maybe it's like making your All About Me book just a little bit more like fun, a little bit more creative, a little bit more um, artsy or artistic or personal to your child. Maybe it's like taking the time to make your IEP binder pretty, color coding in your paper clips, putting a cute little um, uh, like cover on it. Maybe it's being creative with your kids and taking some time to access that fine motor work and the, and the um, sensory stuff that is creative. 
When we stop and we are deliberately allowing of ourselves to be creative, we get this nice pause and we tap into something that isn't that multitasking, um, executive functioning, organizing that we parents and teachers have to tap into. We get some benefit from it. We get some um, happiness that comes from it. And so Ashley Barlow Company has kind of reiterated that lesson to me that creativity yields happiness. So that's number two. Number three is positivity might be contagious. So I know this, this is like what I do. I am Pollyanna optimistic. I always look for the good. So one time Jack and I were in speech and a helicopter was arriving at Children's Hospital. Our speech is in our Department of Developmental and Behavioral Pediatrics, DDBP, which is across the street from Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. And the helicopter was arriving and you know, of course, that was a sensory experience for Jack because it was really loud. It was echoing. And so we paused and um, his speech therapist said, oh, I just always think about when the helicopter arrives, you know, what's that mean? And I was like, maybe it means that an organ is arriving. Maybe it's an organ that's coming from Seattle and it's the gift of life that's coming by helicopter. And she was like, leave it to you to have the optimism of a helicopter arriving at a children's hospital. Now, maybe it isn't, and it's important to be real about, you know, what it might not be. And that realism, of course, has a very, very important place in our advocacy, and it drives our mission, and it drives our passion. But positivity, you know, just kind of looking at all of advocacy back to the kid and being like, I have this great, great, great kid and he allows me to be in this wonderful community. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have so much of the wisdom that I have. I wouldn't have these gifts, this passion that I have. You know, just being able to advocate for Jack is such an honor. I tease sometimes that I think it was the year before Jack was born, I made my family go through this um, process of saying what they were grateful for. And I said I was grateful for seamless crescent rolls because you didn't have to, you know, they make crescent rolls like in a whole sheet. You don't have to pinch together the triangles in order to get rid of those holes, which makes your wrapped up cheese dish a lot easier to make. Well, like, thank God that God gave me something about which to be passionate instead of seamless crescent rolls. You know, like, I'm sure God listened to that request, that prayer, and was like, okay, we need to up the ante on this girl. Like She can probably use her advocacy skills in a far more effective way than advocating for Pillsbury. And so, you know, but it really truly is a gift. This positivity then becomes contagious. How many clients have I helped at Meyer and Barlow Law Firm to reshift the way they think about the teamwork on their IEP team? How many people have I helped at Ashley Barlow Company to really kind of think about those blessings that we encounter? It is so exciting that children get education that is uniquely tailored to meet their needs. And if we view that as a gift and if we view that as something that's exciting, how does that impact the way that we advocate for it? How does that impact the way that we are talking to our IEP teams and the people at school and the parents that are involved and our therapists that are not in um, our schools, our private therapists and all those people? So like, 
The lesson is if you view things creatively, if you view things positively, if you change your outset and how you are advocating for your child, can you turn around your IEP team? Now, I'm going to tell you that my experience is absolutely unequivocally yes. It takes time. It takes time to change things to this really child-centered, really kind of gift-based, really positive mindset, but it works. You can influence people by simply being positive and optimistic and excited. It works and it works and it works every single time with very few exceptions. So positivity may just be contagious. And with that, this like delightful little bird just started chirping outside my office window. I hope you can hear it. Number four, teamwork is the dream work. You know, one of the, the best things, I think it is the best thing to Ashley Barlow Company has been meeting you. It has been getting your emails. It has been connecting with you therapists and you professionals and you advocates and you parents. That has truly been the highlight of starting this company for me. And what I've learned, as I said earlier, is that, you know, I have benefited not only as as the owner of Ashley Barlow Company, but even as a special education attorney, because I'm using you as expert witnesses and I'm calling you about reading and I'm I'm asking you questions and I'm hearing your stories and your stories are, are reinvigorating my passion and my connection to the disability community. And it's just really, it's like globally rewarding to hear from you and have the, the, the blessing of being able to also teach you and share my family's story and Jack's story. And this relationship that I have with Rachel, this new friend who, you know, convinced me to start this business during the showing of Frozen 2, you know, the enrichment that I have gotten the compliments that I get from you guys on the branding stuff that I get to turn over to Rachel and, and give her full credit for. That is such a gift. The teamwork is so enriching to me as a human and as a leader and as an advocate and an attorney is really, really beneficial. Being in that kind of positive environment and, and living out you know, the, the, the teamwork stuff that I model is very rewarding. And of course that translates into the IEP because the IEP has a team, right? And so when we use the IEP as a team, when we use that team and we push for that ideological conflict and we really get excited about our mutual benefits and we um, push each other where we need to be pushed, we are rewarded. And the exciting thing about doing that as an IEP team is the child benefits. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. And so when we actually work as a team, we do get that dream. The child does benefit. So teamwork is the dream work, of course. And the fifth thing is, you know, being involved drives your passion, even during a pandemic being involved drives your passion. So I did a story about this last week. So, you know, Jack's 12 and when he was, you know, zero to, I don't know, 10, nine, six, 
older than six. He was reaching milestones more often. He was shaking it up, you know, he was achieving and, and he was, um, there were so many ways to just be really passionate and really excited. There were many opportunities to be like, Down syndrome isn't going to define us. And there still are. But because life slows down and because those milestones happen less frequently, um, you don't get those reminders quite as often. You aren't slapped in your face as often with all of those barriers that are getting broken down. And then to the converse, stuff is hard, right? Like behaviors get harder and puberty messes with you and academics get harder and the social stuff gets a little bit less intuitive. And, and so like you don't get the daily reminders of just how awesome your child is for overcoming all of the um, things that they need to overcome, but then you also have all of these hardships that are slapping you in the face. And so sometimes your passion, your passion is still there. I mean, nobody's ever going to doubt how passionate I am, but it's harder for me. I know when I talk to people, my eyes aren't as wide. I'm not like as like, woo, Down syndrome, what kind of mentality? Like I don't just ooze that as often. And then when you have them, what, what I what I put on my stories last week was I picked Jack up at middle school orientation and he bopped into my car and he got on his little booster seat. And I was like, I had this moment of like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm saying like a lot. I just realized it. I, I felt <laughs> so excited for him. Here is a little boy that is still riding on a booster seat and arguably might still need the back on that booster seat who just went into middle school orientation and did a-okay. Here is a little guy that has a lock on his locker because the combination would drive him crazy and he is a-okay. And here's a little guy that is carving out his space in this big busy world and he is doing just fine. In fact, he's doing finer than fine. He is kind of like running the place. He's running the show. And so that's that passion and it happens. And of course we could look for daily reminders of that. But my point is that passion is slapping you in the face less often as your kids go through the highs and lows of life. And when you are involved, when you are more involved, your passion comes back more often. When we're just making the lunches and tying the shoes and wiping the buckets after we go potty and doing all the day-to-day, day-in and day-out things, all of the therapy appointments, making your all about me book, it's not even as exciting anymore. But when you have that realization, which might just come from a booster seat, your all about me book is a little bit more exciting. And so for me, what Ashley Barlow Company has really kind of like hit me in the head with is being more involved in the disability community drives and fuels that passion. And my heavens, I did this during a pandemic. I fueled this excitement and I, and I fueled my passion during a pandemic. And so the lesson is, if I can do that during a pandemic, you can do it on your own small scale. It might mean getting more involved in your child's therapies and child's education and IEP team. 
but it might also mean getting more involved in your local or bigger disability community. It might mean networking with more people, figuring out what employment looks like, even though your child's only eight, really kind of looking at making friends with people with disabilities or whatever it is, being more involved drives your passion because it gives you more opportunities to see those um, those abilities that people have to overcome the hardship or to really celebrate um, no matter where they are in their phase of development and their phase of life. So I really encourage you to get more involved because it helps you to help your child or to help the children that you teach um, and to, to kind of tap back into your passion on a more frequent basis. So those are five lessons that I have learned in these last 100 weeks as we have um, been together at Ashley Barlow Company. Number one, go for it. Number two, creativity yields happiness. Number three, positivity may just be contagious. Number four, teamwork is the dream work. And number five, involvement drives passion. It has been such an honor to have spent these last 100 episodes with you. I really look forward to the next 100 more. If you're interested in learning more, of course, you can check out the website, download the lab. It is super affordable. It is like my nuts and bolts um, course that's really designed to help teachers and parents to understand the framework of the law and to get those basic advocacy tips. And we also would welcome you in the ABC community if you've ever thought about being an advocate or if you are an advocate and want to do more. You can buy both of those video training courses on the website. I've got lots of free downloads. I've got you know PDFs on um, making your all about me book and how to do progress monitoring and um, how to write a future planning statement or a parent interest statement. So hop over and check out those resources as well. Of course, it is a joy to continue to make those resources and to continue to build on to our ABC course. Um, if you ever have any ideas, compliments, complaints, you name it, send them my way. And um, so long as it, as it isn't about the color of my hair back during the pandemic, because it was just as good as it was gonna get. Um, so I will see you next week, same time, same place. Thanks so much for continuing to be here.